Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. All right, we are live. Good morning, everyone. It's the one and only V, the Grill Economist, coming to you live with CJ working the airwaves, making sure that this broadcast is trying to come out as crispy and as clean as possible. Uh, we have with us none other than the incomparable Jim Willie. And if folks, if you don't know who Dr. Jim Willie is, then you've been living under a rock. Go to thegoldenjackass.com and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the Hat Trick Letter, folks, because that is the, the preeminent journal on what's going on day-to-day, month-to-month in the entire geopolitical, geostrategic, geosocial environment that we're facing. You, people talk about 3D chess. Well, you want to know about the 3D game plan here? Check it out, goldenjackass.com. Subscribe to his members area. Get Be a member. Be a member of the Hattrick Letter, and you will find it absolutely invaluable. We at Rogue are huge fans of Jim Willie and the Hattrick Letter. So go there, folks, goldenjackass.com. And with that being said, Dr. Jim Willie, how are you, sir? Great to have you back. I'm, I'm doing reasonably well. You know, th- these are strange times, extremely strange times. And now we have end of summer and start of a U.S. football season, which is always a lot of fun for me. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you, you mentioned the, the three areas. I, I would say that my three areas that I cover are finance, economics, and geopolitics. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've never been in an era where geopolitics has been more important yeah. uh, for finance and economic. Of course, geopolitics is always important. But now we have it bearing down on finance and economics in so many different ways because – the petrodollar is being dismantled rather quickly, yeah. very rapidly. I mean, this is getting scary. It's being dismantled so quickly that we're facing the prospects of some very severe disruptions to the entire financial platforms and schemes and trading systems and bond markets. We're, we're facing very likely disruptions where maybe for a couple of weeks things just don't work mm. that's what i'm afraid of uh we're we, we've been using corruption and war and sanctions and financial machinery like derivatives and qe to cover with with unsterilized hyper monetary inflation now for close to 10 years yeah It's like eight years now. I mean, Greenspan and Bernanke claimed that 0% would be temporary and QE would be temporary. I claimed that both would be permanent, and I got it right, and our central bankers got it wrong. Why is that? It's because they're desperate, they're backed into a corner, they have no alternatives, and the buyers for U.S. Treasuries started to vanish. 
And now we've got QE for several years, and the bond market is not just messed up for the sovereign bonds, VG. The, the bond market is messed up for the corporate side. They've been issuing corporate bonds to buy stock. The yeah. abuse is horrendous. The number of zombie U.S. corporations is now at a, at a ridiculous percentage. It's like 20%. Mm-hmm. They cannot cover their debt service from their cash flow and, and free profits. I mean, this is, they've wrecked everything with QE. We, we just refuse to go to a, a proper monetary standard and continue with the corrupt and elite favored system. Yeah. And we're breaking everything. This is... This is not just a subprime bond market problem like we had in 06, 07. This is an everything bond market is subprime. All sovereign bonds now are subprime in the West. All of them. Mm. We cannot finance our own bonds. I just read a statistic and saw a graph that was shocking a couple days ago. We need $5 of new debt to produce what they claim is $1 of new economic growth, but it's a lie because we're stuck in a recession. In other words, we need five new dollars of debt just to maintain the minus 3% recession we have. Hmm. And they're, wow. doing tight, they're doing tightening, B. I right. mean, come on. I, I saw another Fed funds uh, graph that, a couple of days ago that, that showed uh, – in a year or so from now, there's an expectation of more loosening, more easing, you know, reducing the interest rate. This whole experiment of raising interest rates is a disaster. Yeah. <clears throat> they, they can't do it. They should not do it. They're stuck with QE. So they should either continue with QE or move quickly to the gold standard. There's nothing in between. There's right. no there's just a giant chasm in between from tightening and going to what they call normalcy. There is no potential for normalcy. Mm. We cannot go to normalcy. Normalcy would be something like 8%, 9% for the U.S. Treasury uh, bond yield and 8 or 9% for the Fed funds rate. We can't do that. We don't have buyers for the Treasury bonds anymore. They're almost all derivative machinery, U.S. Department of Treasury. And that is becoming a very clear fact to the Western observers of the financial system. It's scary. It's, um, you know, this whole entire charade has been running for this long, all stuck together with electronic duct tape. And there's not much duct tape left. It's gotten so hyperparabolic seems to be the word of the day, Jim. It's it's incredible where we are right now. The, the, the duct tape that we're using has rips everywhere. Mm -hmm. you, you cannot put duct tape on top of ripped duct tape. Right. It just doesn't work. You need a new system. You need to encapsulize the entire ball around a gold sphere mm. for a nice tight seal. 
we're so unwilling to do the right thing. There's a saying in Europe, it's really quite funny, the Americans will try all the wrong solutions until they finally give up and do the correct solution. Mm. And we're doing all the wrong solutions. We went to 0% after saying that Japan was in error and broken for doing so. We went to QE to cover our, our U.S. government deficits with, with you know, securitized bonds after calling Japan in error for doing it for 20 years. But when we do it, it's all good. No way. We copied their error. I don't want to get in. Well, maybe I will a little bit. You, <clears throat> you have to look at some of the historical background for Japan to see why do they go to 0%, which we copied. Why do they go to QE, which we copied in desperation? Why did Japan do that? I'll tell you why. Because the United States and the Wall Street banks wanted to have Japan at 0% so that Wall Street could borrow at 0% and use an arbitrage to have treasury bonds invested with that 0% Japanese money and make a nice cool 4% VIG and invest in the U.S. stock market with the difference, with the, the, the profits. Right. So we generated and created the yen carry trade in order to have free trillion dollar Wall Street profits. We call them an error when we forced them to do it, probably with a gun to their heads, using the Yakuza. Mm -hmm. And now the United States finds itself in 08 going to 0%, and in 2012 going to the QE, exactly the error that Japan committed because we had too much debt because Greenspan decided in 01 that no, we cannot allow a recession because it would break the system and tear apart the derivatives. That's pretty much a conclusion made by Greenspan in 01. That came out in time, in private conversations. It came out between the lines in Greenspan conference speeches came out between the lines in FOMC meetings. He was scared to death in 01 of the derivatives breaking from a standard recession following the tech telecom bust in 2000 in the stock market. We're in dangerous times, V. We do not have a solution in the standard Keynesian method. We have to move quickly to the gold standard. And I, I'm, you know, I just got to make a quick comment, V., uh, yeah. about the gold standard. A quick comment, because I keep seeing the same error and shallow thinking all over the place whenever the gold standard comes up and they're talking about the U.S. perspective. They say, if only Trump can locate the stolen Fort Knox gold, if only Trump could locate the stolen World Trade Center gold. That's what it was. It was a gold heist. Mm -hmm. World Trade Center was a gold heist covered up with an explosion. And right. the disintegration of the building with direct energy weapons, in other words, laser weapons from three, three corners. I keep seeing the same shallow, ignorant, wrong argument that all the United States needs to do is to come up with the source gold for the gold center. No. In the first year, at a $1,300, this is just, you know, napkin math, with a $1,300 gold price per ounce, our $600 billion trade deficit in the first year would forfeit all 13,000 tons of gold. 
we don't just need to source the gold. We need to remove and eliminate the trade deficit by reindustrializing the United States, which we cannot even begin on the process. Mm -hmm. We talked about the, the trillion dollar uh, infrastructure project campaign by Trump in 2016. Right. We haven't done one thing in that direction. We've gone the exact 180 degree opposite direction of trade sanctions. We need foreign investments. We do not need trade sanctions. Correct. Okay. We need to source the gold. We need to reindustrialize to eliminate the trade deficit, and we need to have a proper sound currency. Just sourcing the gold will be a very quick superhighway to forfeit 13,000 tons of gold a year. And I hear another moronic argument, well, if you double the gold price, that'll fix it. No, it won't. It'll mean you forfeit 13,000 tons of gold in two years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Stupidity all over the place. Right. In the, official, in the official offices for the people managing our dollar and treasury bonds and our trade policy and stupidity in the analysis community for not understanding the devastating effect of not fixing our trade deficit. It's a giant hemorrhage. It is. It really is. Where you do know, you we see foreigners owning the country? It's already started. Oh, yeah. the country. I mean, you, I mean, we need to rapidly and as quickly as possible develop, build, and bring to life a physical economy based on production, and we need it like yesterday, Jim. <laughs> I, I, we need it yesterday for for sure. I mean, we're not even starting V. Yeah, we're we're locked into this Russian dossier and election problem uh and and you know if you trace the roots of it you'll find obama and hillary at it yeah uh I, I just read today this is astounding there's a sealed indictment for uh vice ex-vice president joe biden really and washington is in a fury over this this is going to be a major story and i'm going to be watching trump closely to see if he backs off or he follows through the, there was a company named, uh, I can't remember the name, sorry, but Joe Biden and a certain company were cited together in the sealed indictment. It's probably, you know, corruption related to Ukraine and, and you know, fracked yeah. oil and gas production because his son, Barron, is deeply involved in that. Uh, Hunter, Hunter is his name. Is Hunter, his Hunter, name. right. Yeah. Baron, Baron is Trump's son, right. Hunter, Hunter Biden. Um, I thought at first, well, maybe this is Biden with respect to Uranium One. No, that's pretty much Hillary and the Clinton Foundation. Biden's got his own separate corruption. I mean, we've yeah. never had a vice president indicted. Uh, and, and, you know, I just like to repeat what Ben Fulford is saying. He's saying that Joe, uh, I'm sorry, John McCain uh, did not die <laughs> from, from his brain tumor. He's saying that he was executed. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard uh, some murmurings about that as well. I, I heard he, he was, uh, they basically got everything they needed from him and, and uh, the choice was given to him. Either A, you give all this information to us, 
you take this pill and we'll maintain the fictitious lie of your, of your legacy. Or we just uh, bring you out and uh, tar and feather you. And uh, I, I heard he, you know, voluntarily popped the pill and he was out. Then I heard yeah. the other story where he was, yeah, where he was killed. So, yeah, yeah. I, I don't believe he just, uh, just all of a sudden died from, uh, from, from, a, from a brain tumor. Okay, there, there have been various other uh, brief comments made from a medical perspective that the official story is that he went off his medical regimen for treatment for the tumor, and he died within a week. And the medical experts and other former cancer survivors have said, oh, that's a bunch of a hooey, because you go off your treatment and you rapidly die, but it takes two, three, or four months. Yeah. And all the stories are false. Almost everything we're told from the official frameworks are lies. Almost everything. And we are left as mere people, mere citizens, to try to interpret what's going on. Yep. And we're given limited information, and thanks to the Internet, we're giving, given more information than we ever have before. And Absolutely. I say McCain was, uh, was put in the ground for treason. Correct. And I'm wondering how many more will follow him. I've been waiting for the first, what, what the, the first gallows floor to drop off, you know, from the lever. Uh, I love those old Western scenes. They pull a lever, <laughs> boom, and the guy's legs go down, and you see him hanging by the neck and twisting. It's a broken neck. Okay, I've been waiting for the first gallows drop for a long time. This appears to be the first one made public. I do not believe for a minute that there have been none others. Not one minute do I believe that. Mm -hmm. uh, I was told by you know my good sources two years ago that middle-level elites are slowly being thinned out, eliminated, killed, flipped for state evidence, or converted into, you know, it's hard to say good players, but converted into cooperative players on the good team, the white hat team. Yeah. Imagine, say, uh, you know, someone who's worked in a Rothschild bank for, for 25 years. Uh, he's, he's almost 50 years of age. He knows a lot of things. He gets a knock on the door. Three guys enter from the, uh, from the Interpol fraud division, special fraud division, and they give him some choices, and he says, okay, I'll begin to cooperate. I've got a whole filing cabinet over there of, of secretive, uh, like, offshore companies and secretive uh, Vatican bank account connections, and, and I'll cooperate with you. Uh, please don't take away my $6.5 billion in my private investments and my personal wealth. Uh, maybe, okay, all right, all right, all right. You're going to reduce it to $4.9 billion? I can live with that. I'll begin to cooperate with you. I see the light. That's been going on a lot for two years. It, hmm. It's not exactly flipping. It's, it's more like converting and cooperating to be on the good team and to be a survivor of what's coming. The result is that, that the, the highest level elite globalists have very little or much, much reduced support mechanisms. Uh, I call them lieutenants and captains. Uh, 
uh, people to go out and, and, and execute trades and execute a policy. Yeah. Like, like right now, one of their policies is to wreck South Africa. Oh, absolutely. That's one of their policies. I mean, they just started a gun grab amongst uh, 300,000 uh, gun owners. They're told to hand in their firearms by, I think, uh, this week. Yeah, but more importantly, they're confiscating white man property, white yeah. man farms. And, and right. this is coming from London as a policy to try to wreck the BRICS. And the S in B-R-I-K-B-R-I-C-S, the S is for South Africa. Yep. I think we're going to pretty soon be seeing B-R-I-I-C-S-T as Iran and Turkey both join. Mm -hmm. And it, it's going to be kind of powerful because uh, you're going to have a great deal of energy provision from Iran. Very few people in the West realize the largest gas reserves on the planet are in Iran. It's not a small country. It's not overly developed like Saudi Arabia. Uh, Saudi Arabia is looking to steal Yemen's oil and gas because Saudi Arabia has been lying for 15 years or more. Take a look at the Saudi Arabian oil reserves data and you see it has not changed. It's been 260 billion barrels for 20 years. <laughs> I mean, this is just stupid stuff. Correct. You can, you can recite because that's the official data. Oh, that's the official data. I don't care if it's the official data. Right. You can't be number one oil producer for two straight decades and see your oil reserves stay still. Of course you have discoveries, but they're small relative to the production. Yep. So they're looking to steal Yemen oil and gas. But Iran is a big producer of gas and a big producer of oil, and they're going to work their way around the sanctions. They're going to suffer some damage. There's no doubt about it. But Germany is now stepping forward and saying, we're going to continue with Iranian purchases, and we're going to work it through our own German swift alternative for bank transactions. I cannot there you come go. up with the name yep. of, of the German. Uh, it, it, it's like a it, it's a small-scale German uh, swift alternative. It's a bank transaction channel system. It's yep. been in operation for years. Okay. Then you get Turkey. Turkey's got a 1,000 years of gold involvement. Correct. Commerce in gold, production of gold, movement of gold, merchants in gold. They were integral in the oil for gold program and payment system between Iran and India. It was with Turkish gold. Right. I, I love telling this quick story. The Obama administration was full of such morons <laughs> that their sanctions... That's an understatement. <laughs> their, their sanctions had huge holes in them. The sanctions declared that the Iranian central bank could not take payments. Okay, so the big Iranian banks took the payments and they did interior trades with their central bank. I mean, Obama, you are a moron. Okay, so the workaround was very simple with the Indians buying Turkish gold, paying it to the big Iranian banks who worked the swaps with their central bank. Okay, that was the, uh, the workaround. But the key part of it was Turkish provision of gold. I think Iran and Turkey are going to be a, a, big, a big boost, not just to the BRICS, but to the Eurasian trade zone. Oh, yeah. 
and the same thing and, with Germany as well. I think Germany is going to play a, a pivotal role in this uh, in this entire Eurasian trade zone, especially with Frankfurt really stepping up to the plate. Yeah, you know, Frankfurt is very important. I think they're going to become a, a an RMB trading hub that surpasses London. Oh yeah, uh, and they're going to be a, a key trading hub for the Eurasian trade zone and. And they're going to open the door for a lot of trade starting in Eastern Europe and then working its way west. Uh, I think it's inevitable. It's natural. And what we're seeing here is the century-old or maybe two-century-old framework of Oceania described by George Orwell coming apart. And and the, the spear acting as a phalanx for this Oceania domination described by Orwell is the Belt and Road Initiative. One belt, one road, BRI, call it what you want, O-B-R-I, O-B-O-R, B-R-I. I don't care what you call it. This Chinese Belt and Road Initiative, uh, I just saw an article today that there's a, a connection to Western Europe by air. So, the Eurasian trade zone and the Silk Road has some air routes, too. It's not mm. just highways and railways. It's going to be air routes, too. And they're going to be carrying the, the non-bulk items like electronics, uh, like super chips. We got a we got a global war going on here, V, that, that's all about super chips. Yeah. Um, and that could be... The main focus of the U.S. trade war with China right now, super chips. We saw it with the, uh, what was it called, ZTE, um, and a lot of false stories produced mm-hmm. in the West about ZTE and its vulnerability. My gosh, ZTE could find a new supplier inside China called Huawei. Yeah. Huawei or, or Samsung in South Korea. And Huawei right now, Jim, they've supplanted Apple as the number two uh, largest uh, mobile phone producer. Yeah. But my, my point, V, is that in the West, we boast and pound our silly chests saying that, well, we did some real harm to the Chinese ZTE super chip company. I don't think so. All they did was they realigned with Huawei and Samsung in South Korea. I mean, that's that's an Eastern Asia solution to a trade attack by Washington. And, and we don't even report it properly. I mean, the news in the United States is abysmal. <sighs> Golly. <clears throat> uh, so, moving right along. Jim, what, what's your take on um, the the recent revelations right now that it's, it's really starting to come out, and I think uh, it's pivotal that uh, Hillary Clinton's uh, emails were found on a Chinese front company's server, and that front company was is uh, based in Northern Virginia. Uh, that has come out. Uh, also, if you could comment on this recent um, revamped trade deal that's been done so far with the United States uh, and Mexico leaving uh, Canada out in the cold, what are the ramifications to that? What do you think the, some of the angles are? 
Okay, I have to, I'll be honest, I have to read up on the New Deal with, uh, you know, supplanting NAFTA, U.S. and Mexico. But just keep in mind, first of all, that Mexico is not China. Mexico has a military, but they're really, their main trade in the Mexican military is narcotics. It's not weapons and security. Correct. It's, it is their official narcotics organization kind of like Langley half of Langley is the United States narcotics organization okay so Mexico bent that rather easily under US pressure I have to look at to see at the details I cannot comment intelligently I'm, I'm sorry I I've been doing some other things reading various other things and in the last few days reading about the sealed indictments that are slowly getting unsealed and following some of that. There's just so much going on. I need two clones to keep up, yeah. but I'm doing the best I can. Let me comment on the Hillary servers. Okay. There's a concept called SAP. I think it means special application programs. Uh, it, it's within intelligence community data, databases, and documents. SAP. Okay, what it means, SAP means a protocol and system and a whole, a whole universe of managing their information. And Hillary violated it. It's considered treason. Now, you might say, oh, come on, or you just let a couple documents get in the wrong hands. Well, it's a lot more complicated and deep than that. There's an entire group of U.S. government agents who were killed. And it is believed that the Chinese got their hands on some SAP data. Mm -hmm. And the result was a number of decent, hardworking people, probably with families, working maybe in good, proper endeavors and projects not in, you know, like stealing gold or moving narcotics or stuff like that. I'm talking about good intelligence work. Uh, they're killed. And Hillary is being fingered as the person in violation for SAP data falling in the wrong hands. SAP data can reveal a lot of projects, a lot of motives, a lot of company names like fronts and a lot of people's names and they're all made vulnerable whether they're in scummy projects or honorable projects that remains to be seen as it and is an entirely different matter yeah i mentioned the narcotics uh th there's also you know human trafficking there's there's illegal weapons movements there's illegal uranium sales in addition to you know extortion and, and a lot of other things. Those are the scummy side. But there's an honorable side that used to be dominant until, I think, till Papa Bush became president uh, in the 88. Yeah. Uh, my joke is that Papa Bush is the only president since Franklin Roosevelt to serve three terms. <laughs> he served both terms during Reagan after Reagan was shot. Oh, how shall I say? Um, in less than two months in office, Reagan was shot, 
and I, I finger Papa Bush on that with the MK. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So <clears throat> Hillary and the servers just will not go away because it is so important. Hillary cannot get around this. Uh, Hillary cannot make credible arguments that it doesn't matter. That's her usual line. What difference does it make at this point? What difference? <laughs> well, the difference is that you've got some dead honorable agents. Mm. And they are employees of the U.S. government. Uh, if, if people were killed in the State Department while Hillary was in office, she wouldn't say, what difference does it make? Uh, and by the way, there's $5 billion missing from the State Department, and they're, they're, nobody's looking for it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the big byline for the Obama administration, is missing money and no one's looking for it. It was the biggest pillage and rape of the U.S. government for an eight-year period in its history. Okay, the Hillary server will not go away. And, you know, a lot of people are not too familiar with it. But she probably had uh, in her basement a couple of servers operating with, with hidden email identities, like Obama had a hidden identity. He lied. He, he said he didn't know about it. He said he never used it. They're, both were lies. Um, so we've got Obama involved in extreme violations of SAP rules for intelligence protocol also. What I'm saying is that Obama is in violation of the treason laws, and so is Hillary. And they got Biden for something different, pro probably having to do with Ukraine, not sure. Got to check that. I mean, it's still sealed. I don't know how much data is going to come out of the sealed indictment soon for Joseph Biden. By the way, Joseph Biden, I, I remember this like it was yesterday. I was sitting in my, my little office looking, looking over San Jose here, and I was listening to his speech in 2014 at the commencement ceremony at the Air Force Academy where he was droning on and on about the New World Order hmm. amidst applause by the morons in the crowd. Okay, this is Joe Biden. He's a New World Order animal. Yep. And it would be such a pleasure to see him nailed for treason or whatever, corruption. I mean, I want to see Uranium One exposed. Yeah. I mean, yep. let, let's get on with it. And also Joe Biden's uh, involvement in the Ukrainian gas deal with Bursama, which is the company that was based in Cyprus that started the whole gas deal in Ukraine. And the missing $1.8 billion that went missing when he put his son in charge of the board of that company. It's incredible. Well, that's probably part and parcel of the indictment of XVP Biden right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't remember the name, but I, it could have been Bursama in there. I, I just can't remember. There's so many names, and I, I have not been focusing on the Biden-Ukraine connection. I've just not been focusing on it. When I when I try to focus on Ukraine, I, I focus on things like how did the coup occur, uh, who funded it, who promoted it, and who executed it. The answer is the United States and Israel. 
When I focus on Ukraine, I look at things like micro-nuclear bombs and their detonation as experiment. I look at things like human organ trafficking. So I'm not really focusing much, and maybe I should, but I just, I just don't. There are limits to what I can do, and I, I follow what I consider to be really important and, and interesting. And um, the, the oil, gas, and fracking with Hunter Biden, it's all interesting, but I haven't followed it much. I think that's where the corruption is going to be revealed and uh, and followed through on. <laughs> you know what might happen? It's going to be kind of funny. It might be that Joe Biden said, no, 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 it's not me. It's all my son. <laughs> it, it's very possible. I mean, re- recently, I remember, like, I think it was about a year ago, his niece, the whole family screwed up, man. His niece got caught in a credit card identity theft scheme where she stole hundreds of thousands of dollars of credit card in, in credit card fraud. And the Manhattan DA just just let her walk. No charges pressed. Nothing. The whole family screwed up. The, the his son Hunter beats his wife. He's like a he, he, it's it's just sick, man. Yeah, yeah. Sick. Well, <clears throat> you know, we're gonna we're gonna see an explosion yeah. of revelations, and we were told that a lot of it would occur. Uh, following the uh, the primaries for the middle midterm elections, and, and that was early August, uh, and there has been a heating up. Um, I just want to see it accelerate. I don't want to see ultra slow motion all through November. Right. I want to see this get out of. It's not even in first gear. It's in a you know a, a, a temporary ridiculous slow primary first gear uh let's get this moving let's get it into second gear and i I keep coming up with the same unfortunate conclusion that they they have something on trump i i don't know what it is but they've got something on trump he's just not doing what he wants to do or what he can do or what he's promised to do he's not doing it well, I mean, also, he can't do anything without these characters being removed in the first place. Maybe, you know, it, it's it's waiting for the trap to be sprung uh, in order to get this uh, and then taking care of the bad actors and, uh, and then moving forward on what needs to get completed for this country. Because these guys are literally just blocking them on everything. Uh, I don't think you can get anything done right now, the way things yeah. are going. <clears throat> yeah, I know. It, it's, it's, it's really quite sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I think we're going to see an acceleration. I mean, I, I've been looking for the first event, and it seems like the first event might have been McCain. Yeah. And, and now the second event might be Biden, but that might not come out very quickly. There might be a number of other events that happened before Biden. Uh, I've got a theory. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm not going to run with it, okay? I'm, I'm just going to put it out there. If they took down McCain, they might have taken down Hillary. Mm-hmm. There are r- rumors that Hillary is in Guantanamo prison. There are rumors. And it's very hard to con- uh, what do you call it? confirm anything. But it's very possible. Let's watch closely for these Hillary campaign funding 
uh, appearances. Let's, let's see if it's the same Hillary that was in the second presidential debate where I think it was a double because the woman looked 25 years younger than the real Hillary. Mm -hmm. And I'm told that there was a voice match and it was a positive voice match. I am under the impression that that second woman might be a clone. A clone mm -hmm. would have the genetic identity the voice would match, a lot of physical uh, traits would match, but I did a side-by-side -side two years ago in the Hattrick letter. This is Hillary last June, okay? This is Hillary at the second presidential CNN debate. They don't even remotely look alike. Right. They almost look like mother-daughter. Yeah, yeah. And, and Trump even made a comment during that CNN corrupted debate where Hillary was given all the preliminary questions. Trump made a comment during that debate. Uh, he referred to the woman I am debating with. Huh. The woman at that podium. He called her the woman. He did not call her Hillary. <laughs> there, there are lots of little, little pearls that are being dropped on the floor. All you've got to do is use <laughs> your brain, start to think critically, act like a forensic analyst and not a dopey CNN watcher. <laughs> okay, back to the, the Hillary server. I don't think this is going away for a very good reason. Two. A lot of good people were killed in service, and Langley, on the good side, will not let it go, because they know that both Hillary and Obama were in violation. They're not going to let it go. Right. So we'll see where this falls out. Meanwhile, for NAFTA and, uh, and, and Mexico... I, I got to bring up something here. This is, you know, it's, it's kind of important because it's, it's where I live. I've been here 11 and a half years now in Costa Rica. Um, I probably had about 30 or 40 conversations with people here, natives, about mm. Trump. Only one person was enlightened, just one out of about 30 or 40. Costa that Ricans or Americans? Pardon me? Or the, uh, the no, Costa Ricans natives. or American expats? No, I think I said natives. Um, okay, okay, got it. Yeah. Okay. Costa Ricans, Latinos. Yeah. Uh, I also went on a trip to Mexico, and I met more Latinos. Mm -hmm. And they were all dumb. Uh, all mm -hmm. five people that I talked to, they had, had no clue at all. Right. Uh, but the one person who was enlightened here in Costa Rica said to me, oh, yeah, I understand. It's very complex, Jim. There are a lot of Mexicans that are roaming roaming over the line into, into Arizona, causing a lot of problems. And I said, wow, you see the light. And he said, yeah, it's never really simple, but I don't think Trump likes Latinos. I don't think he likes Mexicans. I said, you know, he doesn't like the NAFTA rule and doesn't like the actions that have been done by Mexico made possible by NAFTA. And he said, yeah, okay, I, I understand your point. Okay, but all the rest, it's just a, oh, Trump hates, hates Latinos. 
Uh, Trump doesn't like Mexicans. Trump is not our friend. Trump's bad. Trump's really bad. Trump's the devil. I have about five different people tell me, he's the devil. He's the, Trump's a demonial. He's a demonial. He's a demonial. I said, you're an idiot. <laughs> I said, what? And I said, here's why you're an idiot. How much time would you give me to demonstrate you're an idiot? <laughs> <laughs> I said, do you watch, do you watch CN, CNN-ya? Yeah? And they go, yeah. I said, okay, then you're taking in 70 to 80% lies. Are you aware of that? No, it's the news. I said, oh, the news is true? Where have you been? Okay, it, go, it goes down, it, it degrades very quickly, V. But I, I make the point that there are a couple million Mexicans that roam into Arizona and have ruined the system with free health care with uh, free education, demands for Spanish in school, um, and, and lots of bankruptcy-type problems for the state of Arizona that they cannot resolve. Yeah. And they, and they all, all 30 said, I wasn't aware of that. And I said, why didn't you hear that on cnn Mm-hmm. And they go, I don't know. And I said, because cnn is not <laughs> the news. <laughs> and I said, are you aware that all those Mexicans who go in and get free care and free education and what else, whatever, like welfare payments, are you aware that they're all urged to vote for Hillary? No, I wasn't aware of that. And I said, do you know why? And they say, why? Because CNN is not the news. Okay, it just goes <laughs> on and on and on. All right. The NAFTA... In 1992, 3, 4, I remember like yesterday. I remember where I was living. I remember where I was watching the TV. I remember where yeah. I was reading Barron's and reading Wall Street Journal. I was actually out of a job for about six or eight months before I hooked up with uh, Staples at their headquarters, which was a fine, fine position for me for about five years. I remember that NAFTA was praised by Clinton, President Clinton. As being wonderful solution, and then the, uh, the, the it's Detroit, a wonderful solution, Jim. It's a it's a great solution. I love NAFTA. I love NAFTA so I, much that uh, I I love NAFTA, but I didn't inhale it. <laughs> I didn't inhale it. It's that fine cocaine. I, I, I sniffed cocaine, but I I didn't inhale it quite all the way, Jim. I didn't do that. And I had some Mexican girls that they're at my feet, and my pants were down. I and I gave them a cigar, Jim. That's what I did. I gave them a cigar. Okay, what we did not hear. Too much. It wasn't completely squelched. We did, we did hear some, not a lot, from the auto union mm. out of Detroit. They, they lost over 3 million jobs. I mean, I've been doing stories uh, just in the last two years in the Hattrick letter of yet another Ford plant shutting down in Michigan and opening up in Mexico because the labor is 20%, not 20% less, 80% less. The labor cost is 20% of what it is with the United Auto Workers. Okay, you know, the, the auto workers, I've been saying this for a long time. That there are some legitimate reasons for moving some industry offshore, to the Pacific Rim or wherever, Mexico, South America, they're Brazilian plants too. Uh, there are some legitimate reasons 
for moving out of the United States. And the two biggest ones that I can cite are federal regulations uh, related to um, workman's comp and air quality and, and various different things. And the second one is just basic pay scale. Okay, if you could pay somebody in Indonesia to do your, your, your assembly of chips and it costs 20 to 40 percent as much, yeah. then it makes some sense to think about doing that. And, and a lot of people I talk to say, oh, Jim, okay, that, that makes sense, but are, are you giving an alibi to all the American companies that did it? And I said, no, and, and let me give you an example. Germany did not do that. In the 1990s, there was, there was a furor in Germany, a constant battle with the government acting as mediators in Germany between the workers who had their own union and the companies like Mercedes or, or Siemens or more recently now it's BMW, but BMW was not real big in the, in the 80s and 90s. It is now. But it was car makers, Volkswagen, Audi. Here's what they decided in Germany. We are going to make a deal. We're going to do our best for the emission standards and, and other federal regulations that are imposed upon the German industry. We're going to do what we can on that and, and try to get reasonable. But we're going to make a 15% pay scale reduction across the board for the union and a reduction of pension benefits across the board for the union and in return we're going to get promises from the German companies not to outsource and move the industry to the Pacific Rim to the, the third world to emerging market nations to China to Japan to Hong Kong Singapore they didn't do it. United States did it. Germany did not. Now, which company, which country, which country is in better shape? Germany. Which country still has trade surplus? Germany. Which country is still buying their own bonds and doesn't have much in the way of bond issuance? Sie Deutschland. Deutschland. <laughs> okay, this is not complicated. U.S. corporations sold out the United States in a number of ways while at the same time, being fair, they had onerous Washington regulations. I'm not in favor of removing workman's comp. I had a friend in Pennsylvania who was severely injured and pretty much lost the use of his left leg because of an accident on the job. And he was not properly compensated. He should be. He should have been. I don't know if he still is. I lost lost track of him because I, I don't want to say he we we differed over the 9/11 incident. Put it that way. And, and what was behind it? I let him go as a friend because I thought he was just a little bit shallow between the ears. Uh, okay, that's some background on NAFTA. The the United States under Trump and the Trump administration they want to return a lot of jobs to the United States. And when they do, that would be a success story and reduce the trade deficit. But it takes a couple years to, to reset the plant and equipment 
get all the suppliers like, you know, the metal provision and the glass provision and the tire and rubber provision. It takes time. So for NAFCA to ramp up in the benefit of Mexico and the detriment of the United States, it took two or three years. It'll take the same two or three years to reverse the damage. So don't expect next year's trade deficit to be any better. I'm hearing that the 560 billion trade deficit from a year ago is going to be at least 650. I hear some estimates that it's going to be closer to 800 billion. And we're doing damage to it right now, making it worse. Because when we objected and, and created barriers with, with China, just for instance, two deals, a wheat deal and a soybean deal. China turned around and said, okay, no problem. And under their breath, you idiots, we're going to buy the wheat from Russia. And on the soybean deal, they said the same thing. No problem. And under the breath, you idiots, we're going <laughs> to buy the soybean from Brazil. And they're both done deals. You and, know? They're, and they're both non-GMO. <laughs> non right, non-NGO. GMO, GMO, GMO. So, it's going to get worse. The trade deficit is going to get worse. The trade sanctions are pretty much uniformly backfiring. Not only are they backfiring on lost deals to make worse the trade deficit, they're backfiring on accelerating the, uh, the development of non-dollar platforms. You're seeing accelerated progress with Iran. You're seeing them move very quickly toward import-export bartering system with China. You're seeing Iran move very quickly with uh, Rosneft oil purchase deals. I mean, this is amazing. I, I, I mention it almost every interview. The Russians are buying oil when they're the number one producer of oil. What are they right. doing? They're creating an oil cartel to replace OPEC where Russian Rosneft is in full charge of contamination um, handling. Uh, they, they must process the oil to remove contaminants. At the same time, they must process the oil to make it a uniform viscosity. So contaminants and viscosity are two major challenges of oil producers. But Russia's doing it, buying Saudi oil to improve the liquidity, buying Iranian oil to improve the liquidity, buying Venezuelan oil to improve the liquidity, buying Mexican oil to improve the liquidity, developing this OPEC alternative, I call it the Rosneft oil cartel. It doesn't have a name. It's just Rosneft. And it's all non-dollar sales. Okay, so this is accelerating. And then you've got Turkey enduring sanctions. And I don't really know what their solution is going to be. They're not a big producer of much of anything. Yeah. You can't say, oh, gosh, you know, they've got the fruit and vegetable industry. I, I think donor kebabs, usually when I hear turkey. <laughs> I, I, they, when I hear turkey in commerce, it's usually about gold. 
Yeah, that's it. I mean, they, they have no other functions. Intermediary of gold and now intermediary of gas with the gas brom uh, Turkish stream pipeline. Right. Okay. So when I when I read about Turkey, I read about big projects like the nuclear reactor that Rosatom, the Russian mm -hmm. atomic uh, uh, construction firm, is building inside Turkey. I read about big natural gas storage facilities inside Turkey. I don't read much of, I read also about tourism uh, on the Mediterranean coast in Turkey. Okay, they're not a real developed economy and they're not a big producer of much of anything. Yeah. So they're in trouble. They, they better get some good friends and, and some strong arms to lift them because they're sinking. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm of the theory that where you have the worst currency crises, you're going to have the, the first adoption of the gold standard. That means Turkey and Venezuela. That's that's my theory. Uh, I, I don't have proof to say, oh, Venezuela is moving very quickly toward the gold standard. No, no. I'm saying they've got the most urgency. Yeah. Turkey has the most urgency. And it's dire. Uh, they're under attack. They're under, you know, Goldman Sachs, I call it Goldman Sachs, probably uniform across the board, Wall Street banks, Goldman Sachs, could be JP Morgan, could be a couple more, could be Deutsche Bank with uh, instructions from Washington, could be Barclays with uh, cooperation, collusion with Washington and New York. But the Turkish lira is in trouble. Um, it, it's lost something like 80% of its value in the last couple of years. Yeah. Which means that imports are four point are four times more expensive and it's just rough napkin math don't don't climb up my butt uh, about you know the, the arithmetic here mm -hmm. if you lose 50% of your value everything costs twice if you lose 67% of your value on the currency everything costs triple okay that's the sort of numbers that are being uh, applied right now for imports into turkey they're going to be exporting whatever they can. And it's going to be real cheap. Uh, like, like, for instance, if, if uh, Germany wants to import uh, uh, Turkish coffee. Oh, yeah, there you go. That, 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 that's something that's, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Turkish coffee. Love it. Good stuff. That, that's going to be real cheap. Mm. And, and on the, the, the dirty side, if they want to import heroin, made from turkey it's going to be real cheap mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if you think turkey doesn't make much heroin <laughs> you're a dummy oh yeah they, they were integral during the opium wars well they're they're integral right Even, now and yep. one of my big questions is after the failed u.s-led coup i mean i love these terms it's kind of like pedophile now, pedophile's child killer and ritual sacrificed murderer. Okay, yes. that's pedophile. It's not a matter of putting your hands in little Susie's pants. Right. It's not a matter of putting your hand in little Mikey's pants. No, right. it's a matter of matter of stripping them, slitting open their femoral artery, drinking their blood with wine amidst darkness, black robes, and dirge music with a little rush from Satan. Okay. I love the U.S.-led failed coup. How about the attempted assassination of Erdogan? Mm -hmm. 
Isn't that what it really was? No, it was. I mean, considering, Jim, that that Erdogan's private plane, while this so-called coup, coup was going on, they they had a Turkish F-16 on its tail about to, you know, hit the trigger to, to blow Erdogan's plane out of the sky. The guy just couldn't do it. You know, the word I heard the, was that the Russians stepped in and they provided some very timely aid to jam the weapon systems of all U.S.-made aircraft. There you go. That, yep. that yep. included helicopters. Yep. <clears throat> that's what I heard. That makes sense. That's that's the, that's the reason why the F-16 couldn't fire. Yeah. Because he had him dead to right. I mean, he, he they had him right there, locked. Thing couldn't fire. That makes perfect sense. <clears throat> and and it also makes perfect sense because the event was just a year or so after the USS Donald Cook. Oh yeah, the USS and Donald Duck. Just Donald sitting Duck. there. <clears throat> now, for those who aren't familiar. There's a radar and weapon systems combination in the U.S. military. It's called AEGIS. A-E-G-I-S. It comes from the Latin word for wing. Okay? And AEGIS is is uniformly applied across the United States military weapon system. What it does is it says... You've got an object out there. Could be a bogey. Could be one of us. But okay, we're we're identifying it as a bogey. We got two bogeys out there. In other words, enemy aircraft. And then at the same time, okay, we got targeting locked on them. So it's to detect and to lock on for a target. That's what Aegis does. And I don't have you know a real advanced understanding of it. So don't don't get on my back about it. That's the basic. That is interrupted by the Russian technology, okay? And there are numerous examples of where the United States military, whether it was aircraft, whether it was a helicopter, no, I mean a jet aircraft or a helicopter or a ship, their Aegis systems did not work. They were rendered useless. Okay, so Turkey... And Erdogan benefited from this technology from Russia that locked up the Aegis system and rendered it useless. And now Erdogan, uh, here's how I described it, V. Erdogan is now um, Putin's bully. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not like he's Putin's partner. No, it's his bully. It's his lackey. It's his server. And I think Putin is giving him direct orders. Let's move full scale ahead on the big natural gas storage facilities, full scale ahead on the nuclear reactors, full scale ahead on opening up tourism, and full scale ahead on the Turkish Gazprom pipeline. And we want you, Erdogan, to move full speed ahead on gold provision for the BRICS alliance. And we want you to work They've already got something. It was about four or five months ago. I think they called it the the, uh, the Turkish Gold Trading Platform. And I don't know much about follow-on progress, but if they're creating a platform, my guess, this is just guess, is that they're going to be accepting Western sovereign bonds and delivering gold. Now, you combine that with the BRICS Development Bank, and you're going to get what I've been 
claiming as a forecast for four consecutive years. The BRICS Development Bank is going to have a double role of gold provision, gold supply for Eurasian nations and their central banks converting their Western sovereign bonds led by the U.S. treasuries and euro bonds. So Turkish marching orders from Putin to his boy Erdogan could be let's get full-scale movement on your role as the primary broker and office platform for gold provision for the Eurasian trade zone. That's Turkey's new role. That's what I expect. That makes, that makes big, perfect sense. That is that, big. It's huge. And, and it fits perfectly to their historical role as the as a as a global focal point for gold within the gold trade and the gold trade settlement business. And they've got the model from the Iran Oil for Gold platform. Oh yeah, that was a beta test. Well and done and executed. Absolutely. Good good term, beta test. I call it model, prototype, same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be applied. Now now if 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 a country like let's just make up a country, uh, let, let's say uh, Hungary Hungary wants to uh, receive gold for something that they yeah, produce yeah. and export. They can use Turkey as an intermediary. Now, I don't know exactly the, Turk- uh, the Hungarian economy. I, I got one client in, uh, in Turkey, I'm sorry, in Hungary, mm-hmm. who's a, kind of a buddy of mine. And I got, this is going to sound ridiculous, but I got over 70 different countries, 76, 77 countries from for hat-trick letters, clients and subscribers, paying clients. And I've got this one guy uh, in Hungary who keeps me posted. He, he'll send me something on, on Viktor Orban once in a while. And it's very interesting. It's, it's defiant. It's like Orban says, no, we don't want the Arab refugees. We don't want them. We don't want any of them. We're closing our borders to them. You can't move from from our east border to west border. You can't pass through. You got to go around. We don't want any of them. Okay, so he's very defiant. Uh, it could be that Hungary might want some gold. They might want to get rid of their treasure bonds. They might want to get rid of some euro bonds. I don't know that they got a lot, but they might want to get rid of all of what they have. And Turkey might be an intermediary to provide them gold. And get rid of them. Get rid of the treasure bonds. Get rid of all of them. I mean, Russia has produced pretty much the model. Oh, I got it. This is a, this is an interesting story, and it involves some uh, good insider word from the Voice. Uh, there was a story two months ago that Russia dumped their final what was it, forty-five billion dollars worth of treasury bonds. Yep. Okay. Well, that, that sounds all good. Uh, is that the end of the story, or is that the beginning of the story? For me, it's a beginning because I just dig and dig and dig. I asked the question, where'd they sell it? Who'd they sell it to? Where'd the gold come from? And was there instead some kind of an intermediary swap deal? And here's, here's what came back. The voice said, this is very clever and very simple. Russia deposited in Western European banks, and I'm reading Deutsche Bank, okay? That's my supposition. uh, Russia deposited, say, $45 billion in treasury bonds 
in Western European big banks and they took out loans 100% on that collateral and bought gold with the proceed cash on the loans. And the Western banks were helpless to stop it because treasury bonds are considered AAA pristine collateral. Mm-hmm. So when you hear that Russians sold their bonds, it's not quite true. They dumped their bonds on the banks and went net zero with loans. And the voice didn't leave it there. He said, furthermore, they got coupons for interest yield on those bonds that services the loans where the bonds were used as collateral. In other words, they went net neutral on both the asset and the the borrowing cost. (laughs) Okay, it's never as simple as what you think. You can read the New York Times on it and say, oh gosh, they dumped their bonds, they're so bad, they're mean people. Putin's the devil. Yeah, what morons. Are these New York City residents who read the New York Times, are they aware that the majority of the New York Fed gold was stolen from the Russians in 1905? No, they have no clue. They have no No clue clue. that that was the Romanov's gold. Are they aware that Russia wants their gold back from Paris, London, and New York, the bulk of which is in New York, the bulk of which serves as the basis of the New York Fed and we label them as rogues for wanting their gold back. Mm. We were slow in delivering the German gold. Very. And furthermore, I think it came from stolen West African locations like Chad. Oh, yeah. And now finally a few years passed and we announced, oh gosh, we returned, we repatriated the German gold faster than expected. In other words, we stole West African gold faster than we planned. Start a war in Chad, make it a failed state, move in, mine the ore, ship the ship the concentrate out, get it milled, get it fixed, get it all refined move the bars and ship them with a new stamp on them, ship them to Berlin and Frankfurt. Okay, that's the plan. It was not, well, let's move the gold out of New York and let's put it on a ship and let's do it quickly because Germany's our friend. Oh, no, 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 no. We need a West African war. And all you got to do is take a look at the estimates of Chad gold output, the estimates uh, placed by the U.S. government on delivery and satisfaction of the repatriation, and they all match up. Seven years of output from Chad, seven years delivered, and it turned out to be only something like three or four. Okay, so I don't think they just stole the gold from Chad. I think they stole the gold from a couple of other neighboring countries to Chad. In other words, they accelerated the timetable because they did it, they stole it from more than one helpless West African nation, probably with the French and their colonialist little army assisting in every step of the way. And if you don't think the French have a good connection to Africa, take a look at their World Cup soccer team victors. 
They've got 14 players from Africa. Boy, that was a shock. I thought they had two or three or four. I mean, I like this guy, uh, Mbappe, M-P-A-B, oh, God, M-P-A-A-B-E. He's he's 19 years old, and he was one of the star players. Wow. He was good. He was. I, I just loved watching the, the World Cup. I didn't think uh, some of the games were all that great, but, you know, we had the, the, the main favorites, like Brazil, just not make it. Main mm-hmm. favorite, like Germany, not make it. My little Costa Rica. I, I had a forecast for you. This is kind of funny. <laughs> I, I, I watched the qualifying games for the World Cup, and I, I saw ah, Costa Rica. They're just they're not like what they were in 2014. A couple players are still there. A couple are you know much older, and some new players are not that good. One or two new players are good, and I could see. Oh gosh, in the qualifying games, Costa Rica they just don't score much. They don't control the ball real well in, in the arc, you know, in front of the goal mouth. Um, mm-hmm. And I made a forecast that Costa Rica is not going to win a game and Costa Rica is not going to score a goal. <laughs> in the first two games, they both lost and did not score a goal and they were eliminated. And then against Switzerland, I think it was a 2-2 tie, but it didn't matter. where They were eliminated. So I got my forecast right in the sense that we didn't score and we didn't win to the point we got eliminated, then nothing really mattered after that. It's a matter of uh, you know saving some face by doing well against Switzerland when uh, I think Switzerland also got eliminated. I'm not sure about that. But anyway, my point is that the French have a big connection in, in West Africa. Uh, they, they've got two working currencies for West Africa. They're called the franc. Uh, and And... They're active, and they've got, I think their army is active, and I think that's how the United States uh, received the the assist to enable repatriation of German gold. It wasn't from the New York Fed. Okay, this is very interesting, you know, spy novel kind of intrigue, and you take a look at any important story, with the bearing on geopolitics for finance, economics, and industry, and you find a second layer <clears throat> mm-hmm. with, with almost everything, V. Almost everything. It, yeah. It's it's both interesting and intriguing, but it's also disappointing. There's corruption at the lower levels and middle levels everywhere. It, there's nothing that seems to be above board. You cannot even conduct a U.S. Treasury auction anymore in a legitimate sense. The big question for me is, well, what percentage was bought by the U.S. Department of Treasury using their own derivative machinery? I think the answer is about 60%. Yeah. And a good swath is bought by the Fed and Wall Street banks. Using what is money? U.S. savings? Oh, hmm. it's it's disappointing. Anyway, let's move on here. Latest developments that are happening right now, Jim, within the uh, One Belt, One Road Initiative, China, um, the situation over there with the entire um, um, activities uh, in Asia itself. Uh, what are the latest? You know, I, I, I didn't cover too much 
of events in that area in the August report. Mm-hmm. And I, I look to see, well, what's going on? What's going on? There, there are a few things, uh, but it didn't seem to be a lot of activity. And I thought, well, gosh, this could be August. Maybe it's just the reporters being on vacation. Maybe, maybe the executives during during the work are on vacation. I don't know that the East in Asia has an official August vacation month like Europe and the United States and North America do. But right. uh, <clears throat> what I'm reading recently is that there's uh, an, an air airlift export going on now between China and the name of it looked either German or Dutch for the destination. Uh, that's one little development. Uh, there was a cancellation of a big Indonesian contract um, a multi-billion dollar contract, and you know, I might be in error, it might have been Malaysia. Sometimes I get Indonesia and Malaysia confused. But in that corner of the Pacific Rim, there was a very big cancellation. I'm thinking it was like a three to five billion dollar deal for construction of bridges and rails and ports and whatever. Uh, as part of the Belt and Road Initiative, BRI, it's also called One Belt, One Road, O-B-O-R. Um, so there was a cancellation. Um, I'm reading about a number of different Japanese contracts, and I don't want to get into the whole Fukushima thing, uh, that event, and, and just a horrendous event, but let me just say that Fukushima resulted since 2011 in a pretty critical shortage of energy for Japan. And what I'm reading is that there are a few contracts in progress, some sign or you know, some memorandum of understanding, some you know breaking ground, and they're all with Russia. Some involve Sakhalin and that whole eastern port area of Russia, but it looks to me like there's going to be two things connecting Japan from Russia. One is LNG provision. Uh, it could be ships, you know, those funny little dome, three domes on the ship. They're very advanced looking, very impressive. Uh, it could be gas pipelines, but there's also going to be oil pipeline. Uh, so oil and gas pipelining from Russia to Japan. And it works around China. Uh, it, it, it's like it works straight south from Sakhalin and Vladivostok, that whole Eastern Pacific area of Russia, pardon me, uh, of Russia. Um, that's what I'm reading. And, you know, there's some very big projects like a huge bridge uh, connecting parts of Thailand with uh, Point South. Um, I don't have much more than that. Uh, there, 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 what I focused on in the Eurasian trade zone in, in August, let me just, you know, not exactly avoid your question, but work on extensions to the Eurasian trade zone. It looks like, it looks like Iran is in a real high gear for development of the whole Caspian area and integrating port facilities like with connecting to India. Right. Um, can't think of the name. I, I don't want to get the name wrong. There are a couple of different critical port facilities. There's one that's close to the Persian Gulf, the you know the Arab uh, Gulf of uh, you know the, the, the Hormuz Straits. 
it's about like like 300 miles east of that Gulf port, that Gulf mouth, the you know, the, the straits. I'm talking about you know uh, UAE and Saudi Arabia. And yeah, so you're talking about the 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 Chabahar port. Yeah, Chabahar, Chabahar, Gulf of Oman, and where India is, Chabahar. Iran is working in hyperspeed to become uh, a a trade hub, port hub, for the Eurasian trade zone in Western Asia that involves Turkey, India, and perhaps some of the Arab world. Okay, that's Iran right now. Um, They're working on a, a rail facility to connect north from south, they're working on something, and I didn't get—I didn't get the whole story. Something to connect Afghanistan, probably to uh, you know facilitate the, the heroin movement. I'm just joking. Um, <clears throat> but Iran is—Iran is working in ways that I would like to see Turkey work, but I don't see Turkey making big strides because I think they're in the midst of a, of a severe cash crunch that they've not quite solved yet. But Iran has been working now for, they've, they've had three years of sanctions, so they've got three years of workaround. And the import-export bank facility with China, it, it's something like $5 billion in cash provision, cash credit availability. And, and that, that doesn't get spent so much as used and recycled. So that's a very important point. Iran is working in hyperspeed to become a cornerstone to the Eurasian trade zone, and I believe could be a critical, uh, what's the word, uh, way station, uh, halfway point for Africa. Yeah. Not not necessarily the Arab world, because the Arabs and the Iranians don't get along very well. But, Mm -hmm. but. Syria does get along well. They're Arab with Iran. And Oman, uh, I think, has pretty much a neutral position. If you're looking for what is the most advanced, what is the smartest, what is it, the coolest, the most efficient, the, the, the most uh, free from propaganda stupidity, political bullshit coming out of Washington, what Arab nation in the Gulf, That the answer is Oman. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Iran might be working some deals with them. They might do some uh, gas provision, and and in Oman they do the LNG production for shipment yeah. to Europe. Yeah. Okay. Th- th- there's a lot going on there. Iran can work with the Arab world some, but I think Iran is going to be very important for India and for Turkey and for possibly Eastern Europe as an extension to Turkey. Mm-hmm. I'm referring to Romania, Bulgaria, Moldavia, uh, those countries. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Iran is going to be important in ways we don't yet see for Africa. China has always been working hard with Africa. Yep. Here's something China has done with Africa that is extremely clever. They lend money to Angola, which is an oil producer. Angola sells their oil for RMB and returns to China uh, payments on the loan to China in RMB. In other words, China sends U.S. treasuries to Angola and in return comes RMB from Angolan oil sales. That is clever. Yep. 
And yep. it's not the only country they do that with. They've got, I think, some uh, RMB loans to Kenya. And Kenya has multiple types of exports, and they're exporting more and more. So what they're doing, by China working with Africa in RMB, their own currency, loans. I'm sorry, in, in U.S. Treasury law, I'm sorry, I got that backward. With China working with Africa in Treasury bond dumping in the form of loans, they're they're really forcing the African nations in the in the requirement to repay the loan in RMB. They're requiring the African nations to get off the dollar standard, to get off the petrodollar uh, format for oil sales, to sell in RMB. Not only all, not only that, not just oil, but to trade, to export and receive RMB payments so they can pay back China. China is dumping on a very large scale their treasuries. Yeah. I remember having a discussion about three years ago with a very good buddy of mine that I met from the Canadian uh, Cambridge House Conference Circuit that I was part of in 05, 06, 07, and 08. That was such fun. But I don't, I don't like to travel anymore because I don't think it's all that safe. And I have some people that I know who are doing things less risky than me who get stopped at the U.S. Customs and get interrogated for between four and 16 hours. So Jesus. I don't travel. I don't travel. But I had an interesting discussion with my buddy. And he said to me, Jim, I think the Chinese have dumped. This is back in 2015. He said, Jim, I think the Chinese have dumped all their, their treasuries. And I said, no, 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 Mike, you're talking about a trillion. And he said, yeah, I think they've been do doing it for years. And I said, well, let's just look at the last couple of years. They, they've got deals. He was talking about the deals like with Angola and Kenya, you know, debt provision, using it for you know, purchasing and building a uh, railroad facility or a port facility. Or, or hospitals and community centers and what? Okay, I said, look, look, Mike. If you just look at Nigeria, it was one billion last year. Mm -hmm. And if you look at all West Africa, it might have been three billion. Let's just call it ten. Well, they need a hundred years. Mm. And he said, oh. Okay, the light went on. Okay, China has been doing radical work. You could even look at their holy grail pipeline construction with Russia and China. It, it was for 200 billion. Okay, that's not exactly a drop in the bucket, but that's not even the majority of a trillion. Okay, they're working hard at dumping treasury bonds. And I believe, <laughs> this is kind of funny, you can look at the, the Belt and Road initiatives, and, and I ask questions from people who are, are well-informed. I said, what kind of volume are we seeing so far on commitments? You know, like Memorandum of Understanding, MOUs, uh, signed contracts. They're not to begin and break ground right away. They're for the next two or three years. And what I hear on volume <clears throat> is that the Belt and Road is something like six to seven trillion dollars so far in commitments, not in projects initiated. Okay, here's the funny part. China is, I believe, from everything I've read, everything I understand, China is the primary 
funder for Belt and Road Initiative projects. I'll give an example. Thailand might say, we need two billion to build a giant bridge that covers 10 miles and railroad facilities for connections. And China steps forward and says, okay, the two billion we will provide in the form of treasury bonds. I believe the majority of the provision for Belt and Road initiatives will be treasury bonds provided by China, dumped on the market until they run out of treasury bonds. I believe the Belt and Road Initiative will be the final dumping ground of China's remaining one trillion because the commitments are five to six times what the Chinese hold in the form of treasury bonds. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Now, the Thais, Thailand, they might actually say, oh, well, we'll pay for half of it. We've got some gold. <laughs> the, the old Thai, Thai, Thailand dynasties have a lot of gold. Oh, significant. Yeah. And, and that, you know, I hate to admit some things, but I like to be an honest broker of, of the analysis. Six or eight years ago, I, I didn't know Thailand had a tremendous amount of gold. I just didn't know. And uh, the more I study, the more I learn, the more I read, the more I talk with other people, I come to learn, oh, my gosh. And then I ask, well, is the United States in there trying to sell, to steal it? The answer is, hell yeah. Hmm. But gold is a worthless relic. It's, you know, you can't eat gold. <laughs> you know, when I hear that argument, V, I say, well, so was lead ballast bars <laughs> in the 18th century when they were crossing the Atlantic, coming to the New World on their ships. And those ships that did not have the lead ballast pretty much all sunk. Yeah. Okay, ballast is important. And, you know, you can say, and I think it's kind of a weak argument, but I bring it up. Uh, you can say that gold is ballast for the ba uh, the banking system and the financial structures, but it's a whole lot more than that. It, it's more like protection from fraud, because following the Lehman Brothers kill in 08 September, by the way, which I forecast three months in advance, uh, there was a a huge amount of oh gosh, V. I'm sorry, I blanked out. I blanked out and forgot my point. Um, Lehman Brothers. When yeah, they got killed, Lehman. there was a whole bunch of... Gosh, I hope you can edit this out. Uh, I'm sorry. No, it's, it's okay. Don't worry. So let's, let's move, uh, uh, see, if, let's move see if I can recapture the point here. <clears throat> we were talking about uh, gold. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Let, let me start that again so you can pick it up. Okay. <clears throat> now, in 2008, after the Lehman Brother kill... There was a lot of problems regarding liquidity, and they fixed that with the TARP fund. But during all that hubbub and distraction, the owners of the Federal Reserve provided loans to themselves of $23 trillion hmm. of near-zero loans that never would have come to light without the Ron Paul initiative in the Congress to do an independent audit of the Fed. The Fed resisted it fiercely. Yes, they did. 
Okay, so gold is not just ballast on a ship in the financial system. It's fraud protection because you cannot just print money and hand it to yourself in the form of near 0% loans in the, to the volume of $23 trillion for the owners of the Fed who are busy collapsing the system and busy on the other side buying it up. And they will never pay back those loans. Correct. Okay. Gold is the protection from that. I'm, <clears throat> pardon me, I'm an advocate of the gold standard for a lot of reasons. It, it fortifies the financial system. It, it makes it fair. Um, it, it prevents nations like the United States from abandoning their industry, becoming a freeloader, and paying all their bills with funny money. Um, you, you don't, you're not going to have freeloader nations after the reset. And that's the big shock to the United States because they have to industrialize. The yeah. reset, the reset. Many people think, well, the reset is going to be about you know to bring about a, a new financial system with with proper currency and replace the dollar as the global reserve. Well, yeah, that's part of it, but it's to install the gold standard in trade payment mm -hmm. and to force all nations that are deadbeats, like the United States, regarding trade. Yes, force them to to, to engage in production. Correct. To ramp up. And little Costa Rica here. We, we've got a billion dollars or more trade deficit per year. Jeez. The tourism trade is, is on the decline. Mm -hmm. and, and that has worsened. And, and, you know, I came here in 07. I told many different new friends, you're going to have a, a problem economically here in, in, in a couple of years. Mm. In 09, in 10. And they said, oh, Jim, you don't know what you're talking about. You're new to Costa Rica. You don't know what's going on. And I said, well, you're new to the concept of U.S.-based tourism being funded by home equity loans. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, they're, they're new to the concept of using your, credit, your home as a credit card. <laughs> I said, not only will you suffer the consequences in the economy in Costa Rica, but you will not know why even after it happens, oh, unless yeah. you talk to me again. And, uh, you know, I, I made a couple people angry, and I made several happy with smiles to understand. And I said, in the United States, the house went up in value. They took $10,000 loan against the increased value, got low interest, and they said, what kind of interest did they pay, like 20%? And I said, no, no, in the United States, money is near free. In Costa Rica, it's based on savings. Very mm -hmm. few people understand. A Costa Rican native who wants to have a mortgage, like for $60,000, to buy a little house with borrowed money from like the father, no, no, money granted by the father and other family members, so they got 30000 down and they need to borrow sixty. They pay 28% mortgage. Jesus. In the United States, I told them, no, they got a 10,000 home equity loan against increased value of their house. The house went up 50% in the last five years. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> and they come to Costa Rica with some of their free money. I, right. said, that's going, I said, that's going away because housing prices stopped going up. Correct. It's, uh, it's said, imploding. They even said to me, 
Fee, you wouldn't believe it. They even said to me, oh, no, you don't understand, Jim. Housing prices always go up. They're idiots. They're idiots. And I said, you don't understand the mortgage finance change that took place after 2002. And they go, no, we don't. We don't. I said, you don't even know what a mortgage bond is. Nope. No idea what an MBS no is. No idea what it is. Nope. And they all think that mortgages are, are come from savings. They all say the same thing. Okay, yep. The United States is aberrant in that respect. Correct. <clears throat> so anyway, that, that's you know a little sideline story of Costa Rica. They, they, they're still stuck in a, a bit of a recession. And here's my indicator. I, I don't read the newspaper to, to find out what, what is the problem with the recession and how's it going. I do a little bit. I, I read very well the Spanish. I can speak Spanish the best, read it next best, and hear it not quite so great. Mm -hmm. You know, when they speak fast, it's hard. I I get most of it. But when they speak badly and drop the S's, uh, it's it's tough. It's very tough. But I get my indicator, V. I've mentioned this before, but maybe not on your show. I wander through the malls. Uh, if you're if you want a good indicator, go to a mall that's oh, yeah. populated by the natives, and that means do not go to the western suburb in a place called Escazú, because that's it's got, Escazú has got thirty to forty percent U.S. and Canadian expats. Okay, instead I go to the multiplaza in Zapote. I go to the San Pedro Mall. I go to the Lincoln Plaza. I go to the other malls, and here's what I notice. They're about one in ten empty. Yeah. With paper on the glass saying uh, liquidation because they were in liquidation. Now they're in closure. And a phone number and a name of the bank. And I know the name of the bank for one mall. The bank owns the whole mall. And I go to a different mall, and I see... Not quite so many, not boarded up. It's papered over glass fronts uh, saying, you know, Serrado, closed, or liquidation, liquidacion. Mm -hmm. But that's used to be in liquidation, and now it's just closed. And phone numbers. And I don't know what the phone number is for the Zapote Mall. Anyway, I, I go down there once in a while just for, you know, it's a nice little bike ride. It's a different place to go. And I got different shops and uh, a different... Uh, you know, food court and different girl watching. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So the other malls, the secondary malls, are not quite as uh, suffering from the shutdowns. And the shutdowns are evidence of a poor economy. Uh, they've got an unemployment rate that they publish here, but I think they falsify it because they cannot monitor very well the private population. There's no such thing as, oh, I lost my job. I'm on unemployment insurance in Costa Rica for six months. <laughs> There's no such thing. So they don't, they don't have that ability to monitor so well. <clears throat> what, they, what they monitor, and this is very simple, they have a 13% sales tax here. They have no income tax. Well, they, they do, but it's, it's – I don't want to get into that. They do. It's new, and they're having trouble enforcing it. They have no capital gains tax. So you buy a business, it grows, and you sell it, there's no capital gain. You buy a house, you fix it up, you own it for several years, you sell it, you make a profit, there's no tax. 
Right. But they have a sales tech because it's the only thing they can easily monitor and attach. So they monitor the sales tax revenues and conclude that a recession has been going on for about four or five years. Hmm. And I've got my dentist who has a friend in the central bank and I get information on what the deficit is. <laughs> you know, I, I use whatever connection I have. Right. My dentist is bilingual. He's uh, trained in a, a U.S. city. I don't want to give him give him away. Mm -hmm. uh, he's got numerous friends. He, he gave me a picture a few months ago of him, one of his buddies, and Joseph Stieglitz. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Nobel <laughs> economics winner. Right. And and recently I asked him, "What did you guys talk about when you were with Stieglitz?" And he said, "You know, Jim, he was a very nice man." And it's all in English, and you know I've got good English, and and my Costa Rican friends who were with me, they had all good English. I said, "What'd you guys talk about, though?" And he said, "Well, it, it was a little bit unfortunate because there were twenty different people surrounding him, uh -huh. and they all had a question." And Stieglitz openly stated, "I'm going to have to give shorter answers to your questions so that I can get to everybody's question." Uh -huh. So he, he gave just, you know, kind of a 30-second, one-minute one answer to everything. And he said, you know, some of it was interesting. I learned a few things, but there wasn't much depth. Of course. And I well. said, well, that's, that's okay. <clears throat> so my dentist got to meet Stieglitz. He said it was fun. It was, a, it was interesting. Mm -hmm. And I said, what was this, a dinner? And he said, yeah, it's a dinner for kind of a professional society in Costa Rica. I said, what, oh, the Lions Club? He said, no, it's kind of like that. Rotary's Club. No, it, it's more like a broader uh, Chamber of Commerce type gathering. Conference. I thought you were about to say it's more like a brothel. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't like that at all. I, they, they, it wasn't even a drunk fest. I said, were people drinking a lot? And he said, no. Jim, they were you can imagine Joseph Stiglitz at a brothel getting drunk and throwing dollars around. <laughs> he said it, it, it was very interesting. It was like a Chamber of Commerce meeting, conference meeting. And, and a lot of different side uh, meetings and discussions. And he said it was fun. He said, I, I go to it every couple of years. Um, so that's where, but he said, I've got a university buddy who works at the Central Bank. I said, what is he, a banker? And he said, I, I don't want to say. I said, economist? He said, I don't want to say. Uh, and, and that's where I get information on, on how they're handling the, uh, how should I say, the constant Costa Rican currency exchange rate. Why Jim, last bit of info, real quick, before you got to go. I know you got an appointment to run to. Um, what do you think is happening this fall, going into uh, uh, this year, September, October, and as we face the midterm elections? A lot of, a lot of shaking going on. Well, let me answer for gold, then let me answer for politics. Perfect. Okay? <clears throat> I think we're going to see a, a new final low in gold and silver. Yep. And I think it's going to be uh, contrived forcing out the longs and uh, I got to give some credit to a fellow named uh, one of my clients in, in, in France, Cyril Joubert, uh, Mr. Joubert, Monsieur Joubert, yeah. Monsieur Joubert is telling me that he's following silver very closely. He's saying we've got a lot of forced longs being out, outed. They're, they're yeah. being forced to liquidate. And I, I, I asked 
you know, what about the shorts? And he said, no, no, just the longs. Um, he said, this happened, uh, this happened, oh gosh, he, he cited a, a year. I, I'm, I, I wish I could remember. I, I think it was something like eight or nine years ago, six or eight, eight or nine years ago. But the, he said, same thing happened. And what you're going to see is in uh, October, November, December, January, you're going to see a nice upward movement in gold and silver. Okay, so we could see following the forced liquidation of longs, meaning they're being forced to sell, we could see Wall Street taking control of a rally that they are motivated to produce. Okay, on the political side, and it's also coinciding with the positive season for gold. Precious metals always like September through December. Every year, it's the big ramp up because of jewelry purchases for Christmas sales. Uh, that's the reason given, but it's more than that. It's it's like summer's over, vacation's over. Let's get back to work and let's put let's put our our money uh, in, in a better place. Uh, there's that phenomenon too. Okay, on the political side, um, I think we're going to see Trump and the Republicans gain ground. Notice that the press is saying that the uh, the Democrats are going to gain ground. That's because the Democrats and the fascists control the press. And the polls do not support their view, but they're putting out that viewpoint in order to fool the Americans into thinking, well, if the Democrats are gaining ground, I'm going to vote Democrat because I want to be on the right side. Now, that's the phenomenon they're hoping to work, and I don't think it's going to work. I yeah. think Trump... Trump and the and the GOP, the Republicans, are going to gain ground in the Senate and the House and control both so that his agenda for the second half of his first term, the last two years of his first term, his agenda can have some support. And all this nonsense about impeachment and the fabricated Russian dossier will go away. At the same time, I think we're going to see an acceleration of unsealed indictments and tribunals I just wish more would be publicized. Yeah. I believe as a citizen that the Americans have the right to know at least who is in a tribunal, which means a trial by military. Yep. Who is in the tribunal and what are the charges? And, and maybe in groups like uh, in the first week of September, we have these uh, 110. Second week of September, we have these 96. Third week of September, that sort of guideline. And the names and their charges. And I don't, we don't need to have a televised tribunal, but it would be nice to hear some of the evidence against McCain. Oh, yeah. He told nothing. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're not even told that he was in a tribunal. We get that through secondhand reliable sources like, like Fulford. I think he's, uh, you know, I used to say back a few years ago, I, I think, and I'm just, it's just my opinion. I would say I think he's like 50, 60% reliable. Now mm -hmm. I think he's like 85, 95% reliable. Mm -hmm. uh, his information is getting confirmed by concomitant corresponding events. Right. All over the place. Mm. <clears throat> so, very interesting times. Um, we're going to see an acceleration on the political side. Of, of the cleaning process. And uh, 
you know, the, the big event for me is whether the CIA director is charged with treason. That's the, the big event. To me, that's more important than Hillary being charged in the tribunal. Mm. I think instead of Hillary being charged, I think she's going to be, I hate to say that, I think she's going to be rubbed out and having her replacement double seen in public, and then a year from now, the double also rubbed out. Yeah. That only leaves uh, Bill. Good old Bill. Oh, Bill will die of his own brain disease. <laughs> what has he got, man? Is it Kuru or is it is it HIV or some sort of a hybridized God knows what? Garden variety of diseases. It's all that time I spent on Jeffrey Epstein's island, Jim. That's exactly what happened. I well, was taking the Lolita Express. My best guess is he has HIV under medical control and he has syphilis. Oh, wonderful. He also might have a cannibal disease. Yeah, Kuru. Yeah, yeah. okay. I don't know all the names. Yeah, that's Kuru. Was it K-U-R-U? Yeah, K-U-R-U. Okay, cool. that, that's, that's, that's like mad cow disease for humans. It, 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 it's fatal. Yeah, I, I, I believe it attacks the, the cerebellum, the lower base yep. rear of the brain. Yep. And, and um, I, I'm told, I'm hearing... That in a recent appearance, Bill had saliva dripping down his chin. <laughs> oh, man, I believe it. That's great. That's great. Well, that could be evidence of your kuru. Oh, yeah. It I mean, could be. Consequent. Mother Nature does not like humans to eat human parts. Mother Nature sets up. Not just the guidelines, but the consequences. Correct. And these Satanists just don't follow the guidelines well. Mm -hmm. yeah. Especially now the, the, the steady supply of, uh, of children's blood has been severely cut off big time. Yeah, but there'll always be Disney World. <clears throat> okay, now a friend of mine yesterday told me, Jim, did you notice that McCain had his house arrest left ankle bracelet noticed and then suddenly it was the right ankle bracelet yep so the story of an injured ankle didn't wash anymore mm -hmm. okay that was house arrest he was under arrest and probably told stay within the confines of washington dc mm -hmm. and, and maybe some you know special permission to go to phoenix arizona mm -hmm. for holidays okay so he was on monitor and it wasn't an ankle injury any more than Hillary's was because her ankle bracelet, which is house arrest, switched ankles also. Correct. These people were arrested. Uh, I think the charges were treason. If I had my best guess, I'd say McCain <clears throat> was charged with probably some corporate corruption at the high level, but also some direct Communication, cooperation, funding, and arms dealing with ISIS. That's my opinion. Yeah. So it's going to be an interesting autumn. Um, I'm expecting the, the Republicans to gain ground and control both houses of Congress. And I think that what we're going to see in January and next year is an acceleration of the industrialization of the United States, finally. Absolutely. 
it, it's going to take a time. All right. Looks like you you want me to mention my my website. I I got the message. Um, oh no okay. no. Go ahead, go ahead. You, you take, you, you take as much up. time as you want. You you, you got to. No, I, I gotta go. I'm just gotta sitting go. here listening to you, man. <laughs> I, I have an appointment. I got to be there in ten minutes, so I, I yeah. got to go. Um, I want people to go to the goldenjackass.com website. It's www.goldenjackass.com. There's an, an, a public area. Uh, I keep. I just today got a, a query from a follower who said, "Jim, um, could you help me to locate your your um, your interviews, uh, the links? I, I I'd like to get you know a list if, if you can. Can you provide me a few of the latest?" So I, I gave him goldenjackass.com/main5.html. That's the URL address for the public area. Okay, so it's got a a little guide on when the next Hattrick letter was is to be posted or was posted. But uh, you can see inter- the, the most recent interviews and the dates and some of the uh, few public articles that I've written. And they're about one a month, not so much. I do a few interviews per month and one article a month. But uh, go to the website, bounce around, and then sign up for the newsletter. It, it's, it's like reading a spy novel. It's an educational process. I, I like to put on various things about teaching economics principles and integrating criminal and fraud elements into the forecasts. And uh, I got I got several forecasts running. One of the most interesting right now is that Germany is finally flipping east. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the sanctions. You might say, "Oh gosh, we really stuck it to them." No, they reacted by creating German subsidiaries inside Russia for their major corporations. And that's called a workaround, you people. Mm-hmm. So now the Russian has Russian economy has Russian production from German design inside Russia for Russian purchases. That's a workaround. That's yep. that's creating a very strong linkage between the German economy and the Russian economy. But they got a long way to go. And now the U.S. has backed off in in certain ways with the uh, Nord Stream. Uh, to pipeline and the sanctions, I expect the United States to back down in the entire rest of the way because the EU Commission has voted in favor of Germany to protect the companies against the sanctions. And now the Germans are working out a, a, a non-swift payment system. All I can say this with full confidence, V, every single foreign policy initiative since 9-11 has been in abysmal failure oh yeah one thousand percent okay so my, the germans flipping east is a a new um realization of an old forecast i made it in 2014 and 15 uh the, the saudis are going to accept uh chinese currency rmb for oil sales and so will the rest of the gulf region that's another forecast that's coming true right now. I'm told it's already true, just hasn't been publicized yet. Correct. Um, there, are, there are a lot more forecasts, but I invite people to go to the website and sign up for the newsletter. It's, it's been fun, and uh, thanks for having me on, V. And you've been uh, been a lot of help for my business recently, and I look forward to more wonderful and promising things. Absolutely, Jim. Folks, check it out, goldenjackass.com. Go there, subscribe, make it happen for yourself. Get the play-by-play of what's going on globally. Very important. Jim Willie, thank you, sir. The man, the legend himself. Thank you for coming on. 
And folks, again, subscribe to this channel so the next time that that Jim is on, you will be alerted and notified. With that being said, we're over and out. Take it away, CJ. Yeah.